Welcome to the Workbrand Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and theworkbrand.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to New York Comic Con 2020 Metaverse, a special edition of the WordPrint Podcast. I'm your host, Christian, and with me today is our editor-in-chief, Bilal Mian. Bilal? Hey, everybody. Long time. Yeah. I don't think we've done one of these since April, I want to say. Has it been that long? Yeah, like we did the video game ones, the, uh, I think, Final Fantasy VII and Resident Evil, and then <laughs> COVID hit in, like, the busy schedule that was... Uh, I think Harley Quinn, and we did that for like two and a half months. So, but that, but that was just last week. Oh yeah, no, that was that was <laughs> awesome because every time doesn't exist in in this <laughs> yeah. reality. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we are both in March and in October at the same time. It is very meta in its own universe, right? Yeah, metaverse. Okay. Pretty much. <laughs> Um, so this podcast, we're going to be talking about, I guess, a little bit of our histories with Comic-Con and stuff, but then more importantly, the um, what to check out for the upcoming New York Comic-Con 2020 Metaverse, which is also online, like all the other conventions that have been uh, this year, including, I think, uh, San Diego and DC had their own version called uh, DC Fandome. Um, so yeah, uh, Comic-Con and stuff. When, when was the first time you went to uh, Comic-Con, Paul? 2010. This year would have been my 11th one in a row. So Are you serious? I'm, yeah, I uh, this is the first time since I've actually started doing uh, any of this entertainment blogging that I won't be going to New York Comic Con. Wow. Yeah, it's actually um, it's it's a bit sad because like Comic Con's a big thing for me and my wife, especially New York Comic Con, because we we first started talking around New York Comic Con, and uh, I actually got her a gift back in 2010. Um, from there, and I went to her house, and I dropped it off, and then, like, Aww. the next day, we started dating, and Aww. then we got married a few years later, and we went, uh, I think I went, she didn't join me for the following year, but I think in 2012, she, since then, I think, she started going with me every year, uh, to Comic-Con, and, like, it, it was always our weekend, because, like, normally, like, our dating anniversary weekend falls on uh, Comic-Con weekend. So mm-hmm. it, was always, it was always our thing. Uh, so it wasn't like, oh, we're going to do plan a trip or anything. It was like, no, we're going to go to New York Comic-Con. And th- that's our thing. That's our, uh, that's our dating anniversary uh, thing. And we'd always get some, each other something from a Comic-Con that year, like, as, like, an anniversary gift. Um, so it's always special in that regard. And, like, the last couple of days, she just comes up to me. She's like... I don't think you realize how devastated I am that like <laughs> we're not going to Comic Con this year. Like that there is no Comic Con. She's like, she's like, I know why there isn't one, but she's like, it, it freaking sucks. And I was like, trust me, I'm right there with you on it <laughs> because like if there's anything any anyone can use right now is just like a break from reality. And, and like that's what I loved about in person physical Comic Con events. Um, Though I wouldn't recommend it during this COVID crisis. Um, just <laughs> there was a period fun. where it looked like Comic Con was still happening for New York, which was crazy. It's but, apparently yeah. happening for LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which but. is it, it's, which is crazy. Um, yeah, but like I'll I'll give it to Read Pop and other. I'm not sure if they're Read Pop runs every single one, but there are other organizations as well. I think they've done a good job uh, with taking what technology is out there and planning around um, just the pop culture community, the Comic-Con community. Because uh, the truth is, not everybody can attend New York Comic-Con or San mm-hmm. Diego Comic-Con or any of these cons. Uh, one, tr- like, it's expensive to travel to these events. They're either like New York, New York, LA, Seattle, Atlanta. Um, and on top of that, tra- travel's expensive, staying is expensive. Yeah, finding a hotel's a nightmare. And, and getting tickets sometimes is just a god-awful nightmare. I remember we yeah. had to deal with scalpers just to get my wife uh, tickets in the past. Uh, I had no idea. Of, yeah, no, like, we would be, I would pay a premium some years just to get her tickets um, just so we could experience that weekend together. And it, to me, like, the, the cost didn't matter. Um, just cause, so we could, it was something we enjoyed every year, uh, and I wanted us to continue to enjoy it. See, that's and awesome so, that you have, like, a really sweet history with Comic-Con, especially you and your wife, and, like, that whole, like, how you met and, and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I, so, uh, yeah, so for, so for me, for them going online, it, like, it expands, expands how many people can actually attend. Um, which is nice, definitely. Yeah. 
I'm um, I'm a bigger like it's weird because um, I think San Diego was the one that tried the online version first, and it was good. Like we covered a lot of events, and and it was interesting if you like panels. And personally, I love panels. That's like the biggest reason I attend these conventions. But everyone goes for different reasons. You know, you like to go to shop, you like to go meet all the people, you know, to see the cosplays and stuff. So like, there's a lot of factors that go into it. But if you're a panel fan like myself, um, totally worth it. And um, I think. Uh, before working for WorkPrint, I'd only gone to Comic-Con twice. Once to actually go see what it was all about, and then the other time was just the random, like, I think it was like a Sunday. It was like a last-minute decision, whatever leftover tickets, like, you can get type ordeal. So I never really got the full Comic-Con experience until I started working for, for us, so... Um, and, then, and it's been cool. <laughs> and with that, you get like the nice behind the scenes experience. Of, Absolutely. Like yeah. the, the first interviews we did, or I got to do, thanks to, you know, you. And I appreciate yeah. it. Like, dude, it was so, it was so fascinating and cool. I think the first year, like, I got to interview Eric Banner and uh, Sayorsi Ronan. Um, oh, my for, God. That's awesome. Yeah. For what was that? For Hannah. Um, that yeah, movie. Hannah. Yeah. Um, and like, it, it, it's crazy because that was my first year doing things and I'm just like, I get to talk to this dude. <laughs> that, okay. So it's funny. Okay. So funny story or real quick side story. Um, the, uh, the, the, the year before I joined WorkPrint, I was, uh, attending Comic-Con just again for fun. And I was sitting in a booth for lore. Like they had like a photo op in the center and I didn't know what this was because mind you, this was like only my second time in a convention and like the line was like literally three hours. It was incredibly annoying. I think t and two hours in, um, I didn't realize this, but um, Laura is run by a podcaster named Aaron Mankey and like he convinced Amazon to greenlight a TV series and they were promoting it at the time. I think it was season one. And um, immediately right when I, me and my friends were about to go to get our photo ops in this little thing where you go in, you go into several different rooms, you take pictures with the weird creepy things and be like, oh, it's Laura. Um, Aaron Mankey himself. The guy who played um, the melting dude from Terminator, I can't remember his name. He's like the main antagonist in Terminator 2, uh, Judgment Day. And then uh, Galen Hurd, who I knew extensively from The Walking Dead, because I'm a huge Walking Dead fan, or a zombie fan, I should say. Um, all three of them literally cut in front of us <laughs> in line. They shut down the entire line's progress so that they could try the photo ops for themselves. And, like, it was weird because I was, like, annoyed because like all these people just just cut me out me and my friends off but at the same time i'm like oh shoot that's actually that's them that's the creators and whatever and i was like half annoyed half like starstruck because like i really love aaron banky and his podcast mm -hmm. um but like it was a really interesting experience that then segued to the year that i first did comic-con with you guys and surely enough i got to do the uh the press room for lore season two <laughs> And there I got to sit down with Aaron Mankey and Gail again, and I wanted to desperately talk about the story, but I kind of chickened out because it was my first ever, like, celebrity interview. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, weird, it's weird stuff like that that I love about the conventions and, and writing for work print, obviously. Yeah. yeah, and in the beginning for me, like, I was writing for Pop Them All. Uh, it was, like, getting in there, getting to do those interviews, and then, like, over the years, um, especially since, like, the work print launched, it was, like, establishing the work print and then getting the writers in there again them to you know experience like those press rooms get that experience and you know you guys work your asses off every uh day for the site so uh, for me it was less like my thrill over the years for like talking to tv stars and stuff like that slowly gone away like i don't get as excited there's very few people i'll actually get excited for yeah. um but like yeah that thrill gone away but like the, what was it the batman beyond tw was it 20th anniversary yeah that was a like, fun one like you and like like i think it was you and me but i was like i'm like jad do you watch this and jad was like yes yes i do yeah. and i was like i was like then take my spot because it, it, you can ask questions there that like i can't and like you'll get a better experience and memory out of this than i will um, yeah, and we got to interview Kevin Conroy, of all people, yeah. who, oddly enough, answered our questions the most. So, <laughs> like, I joygasmed at that moment. Yeah, and uh, not to just keep talking about press rooms and stuff, but, like, uh, it, it's just, like, a lot of times it's just getting just experiences you only get at Comic-Cons. So either if Definitely. you're press or if you're a fan. Like, I had, um, I think, the entire cast of The Next Generation was doing a photo, a photo boot, um, is it photo boot or fan ops? Fan ops, I think. Yeah. yeah. My high school chemistry teacher, who was also one of our track coaches, was there that year. And I think it was like a thousand dollars for that picture. Oh my God. <laughs> With the entire cast. And like, he was like, he's like, he signed up for it immediately. He's like, this is what I want. I was like, and like, for me, for me, it's like, I don't understand the, the photo ops or like 
the need for that picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's people out there that will wait. They'll pay. Like, they're excited for that moment with that celebrity. It means so much to them. You know what's and really like, funny is that's what actually they're promoting for New York Comic Con this year and, as well. They're doing that, special events with photos and videos with celebrities. And that, that's pretty cool. Um, some people can be pretty weird. Uh, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I've been in panels where people ask some really weird questions or act uh, so, are very socially awkward. But mm-hmm. like, I think just for uh, but for a lot of people, it does mean a lot. Like these actors, these shows, um, the people behind those shows, uh, they, it means a lot to them. So I'm I'm really excited to see how this New York Comic Con experience goes because I think limiting this joy just to people that can afford tickets is it, I, I'm not a big fan of that. A lot of times I'm just like, why can't you just stream out this panel? I get like people <laughs> are paid to come here and travel, like save the footage for them. Sure. Great. But like be able to at least, um, stream out that panel, like those funny moments. Cause it's going to end up on YouTube anyway, off someone's shitty uh, camera that they hit in their backpack. <laughs> Definitely. You know? that, that was something I did complain about the San Diego one though was, um, well, I guess the all of the the digital versions of the of the panel so far is um they don't show the entire footage they just they digitally cut and edit. I yeah. want to see the full hour awkwardness personally. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the ums and the ups and the butts and the inside jokes like because like there's there's a degree of like of refinedness to to what they do for these videos which I understand but like at the same time the the feeling of being in the live audience is like those weird those weird awkward moments of tension you know and yeah. I feel like you can only capture that with the live event which is why I'm happy to announce for anyone who doesn't know this yet there actually are going to be for once live events at the uh, near oh, Comic Con that is that's actually pretty neat yeah, they're doing live Q&As. The two that I know, the biggest one is going to be American Gods. They're doing a live Q&A after doing a presentation of some sort and showing, I think, a bit of the third season. But then they're doing like an actual, like, you can ask them questions. And the other big one, which I'm really excited for, although I'm not going to write an article about, is a lost Q&A with Damon Lindelof and John Carlton Cruz or whatever. Um, Are they sure? <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm like, okay, sure, do this. But you know how many people are going to be like, hey... WTF with that season finale. Apparently, it's the 10th year anniversary of Lost, and yeah. um, it's because of that they're doing this live Q and A panel, which is going to be really bizarre. Because again, and I don't know how they're going to vet it or what. Uh, if you follow, I think in the link, because I'm linking this podcast to one of our articles uh, showcasing, you know, things to check out. Um, there's a hashtag there that you can follow and find and um, use that to ask their, your questions because they'll they'll literally answer it live. So that's pretty cool. If you're lucky. I mean, not every question, obviously, is going to be asked or answered because it's only a certain amount, short, a certain amount of time. But, yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's pretty sweet. Um, yeah. I don't, but, like, American Gods, of all TV shows, also being a live panel, like, doesn't that show have constant issues with showrunners, like, quitting it, and um, yes. uncertainty around, like, if actors are staying around? Like, I, like I'm... I mean, way to go... <laughs> New York Comic Con for getting two live panels on problematic, so problematic in terms of just like one show ending and another show trying to exist. I mean, it's funny because like maybe that's why they did it is for the Q and A. If anything, it would have made the most sense to me to do Doctor Who because it's like there's a million questions you can ask. Star Trek as well, million questions you can ask. Or um, uh, what you might call it. Uh, Damn it. There was the rule of three, and I forgot the third one. <laughs> I'll remember it in a minute. <laughs> uh, is it another space show? Uh, oh, duh, here it is. Walking Dead. There you go. Oh, Walking yeah. Dead would have made the most sense, because they have, like, 40 shows. I don't even know how many Walking Dead spinoffs they're on now. <laughs> but, like, and here's the thing with Walking Dead. Walking Dead is the biggest problem with New York Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, any Comic Con, really. Mm-hmm. And Game of Thrones that was at one point as well. What, and what ended up happening in the early years of Comic-Con was uh, if you showed up to a room, you could sit there all day. Uh, it was first come, first serve. And as seats opened up, the people that were queued outside can go inside. The day of Walking Dead, Walking Dead would be at the end of the day. It would be the last panel in the main hall. Mm-hmm. And what would happen is people would get there before opening, uh, before like uh, the Javits Center opened, and they would queue, they'd get in, they'd go line up, and they'd sit in there from morning to night. And the biggest problem was that uh, people would wait outside in the queue hall hoping that to get in 
but they you never get in so you spent the entire day waiting and this happened to us two years and like i think it was after that second year we were just like you know what screw this show <laughs> like it, was, it was a it was a bad experience and like i think in the recent years what they've now done it uh, is since they expanded it over to madison square garden um is they put the walking dead panels at the beginning of the day so whoever wants to get there lines up at the beginning of the day get in and then once walking dead is done everybody is out that makes sense you know and the rest the rest because what you end up ha- having is, and this would happen at a bunch of panels, it would be like someone ask a question or be like, hey, I wasn't really, I'm here for The Walking Dead, but like your movie or your show seems pretty cool and I'm excited for it. Like that, that's, that's <laughs> what would happen. But then you have all these fans that were just trying to get in for their thing, not get in. Um, yeah, that sounds like a nightmare logistically. Yeah. Well, I mean, it also goes to show you that conventions, and especially in the past decade, have like grown exponentially. My gosh. I mean, some people complain it's less about comics than it Oh, it's was. entirely not yeah. about comics anymore. I know so many, uh, com- well, so does Jad, but like we both know a lot of uh, comics industry veterans, people who've been working since like the 80s and 90s who like don't even go to, the, to New York Comic Con anymore at all because it's, A, it's really expensive, and B, they don't get comped for like getting a booth and stuff. And then like it's just, even though it's a huge event, it really just isn't, about comics it's pop culture they should name it top pop culture convention is what yeah. it's become but um it's still it's still really cool i mean i, I like that there's a huge fan base and like nerds that are <laughs> amassed in one tight and enclosed area which i know sounds like a nightmare for covid but is really cool for nerds and finding fellow people i mean you'll even find celebrities on the street i think uh year two of doing this for word print i found or i didn't find i um I saw Robert Kirkman just casually walking, getting a cup of Starbucks with another dude. I wasn't sure if it was him at first, and then, like, literally the guy behind me was like, oh, my God, do you know who that was? And I'm like, was that Kirkman? He's like, yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, shit, I should have said hi. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I, so I think my favorite just random encounter was, uh, you know, Manu Bennett? He played Deathstroke on Arrow, and he's also in the Shannara Chronicles. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember so, him on Arrow. Comic-Con is over. It's, it was Sunday. It was the last day. Me and my wife were walking to go get, like, an early dinner. Um, and we passed this hot dog cart, like, a block or two outside of Javits. And my wife stops me immediately. She grabs my arm. She's like, it's Model Bennett. She's like, I want a picture with him. I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, please, just the poor man is just, like, just trying to get a hot dog. In his hand was literally, like, a My Little Pony um, I think Monopoly board. I, I'm guessing for his daughter, or maybe Aww. he's a secret brony. I don't know. Uh, I'm not <laughs> not judging Manu Bennett. That dude is surely a very big dude. And yeah. was, and you know, like he like my wife patiently waited, and she, you know, like he comes up and he, um, he's like, "Would you like a picture?" And she's like, "Yes." Yeah. So and he's like, "Okay, let's quickly do this." So quickly took a picture, and then he went off with his publicist or assistant. Uh, but like it was, it was super nice. And my wife like freaking loves that picture. That's um, awesome. Yeah, and then I think uh, there was Zachary Levy as or Levi um, from Chuck. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. Shazam. Shazam. He's Shazam like, now. Shazam. Yes. How could yeah. I forget that? Um, he, I think, had a Nerd HQ booth one year, and I was just leaving Javits to go get lunch. And, like, he was walking amongst the crowd, and I was like, how does nobody see this man? <laughs> I was just like, and I was like, hey, and he, was just, like, he turned around, and he was, just, he was a bit startled that he got, like, spotted, and I was just like, fan of your work, just wanted to say that. And he's like, thanks, and then he, like, turned around and walked away. Um, yeah. No, but, um, yeah, but it, it's fun moments like that. Um, but I think the one thing I'm definitely going to miss, uh, especially this year, since it's a new console generation year with the PS5 and the Xbox uh, Series X, mm-hmm. almost said 1X, big <laughs> um, <laughs> job Microsoft. Um, that that whole naming thing is a, a, tra- a tragedy. There's so many, the, the series, I'm sorry, the 1X got bought out in a tremendous droves. Yeah. A lot of kids are going to be disappointed realizing that they bought an old system. But well, anyway. are, yeah, but those were secondhand sales because they stopped producing those. Um, but <laughs> yeah, like, because uh, like when the past console generation came around, like the Xbox One uh, was there on the show four. I got, I actually did a video for Poptimal, uh testing out the Kinect and like uh, with a bunch of friends and uh, it, it was pretty cool. And that video actually did really well for the site because back then a lot of people were like is the connect is actually as good as it is and i had some of like the only footage out there of like somebody on camera with the screen there and my body like reacting to it like 
right before launch of those consoles. That's um, pretty cool. Shit. Yeah, and so you know, and like Capcom always comes with like a crazy booth. Like you know, yeah. they bought that house a couple times or a barn. Dude, um, I love the Capcom booth. Uh, last year they did um, the Resident Evil Project Resistance booth, which yeah. had like dead stuff. But like, I mean, the game wasn't super great. It's connected to I think Resident Evil Three, which I didn't even know about at the time. But um, the booth was cool. It was really yeah. cool. Yeah, and, yeah. It's like I, Square Enix had like Yakuza Like a Dragon, which is one of like the launch games for the Series X. Like Capcom likely would have had like a, a Series X or PS5 version of uh, Devil May Cry Five. You know, like yeah. there's 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 a lot there's a lot in terms of gaming that would have been exciting to get hands on, especially with fans to generate that buzz. Um, well, it's funny that you say that because last year, like I again, I I've been covering Marvel's Avengers for a different outlet, but for the most part, I bought it and got, learned about it because of when we covered uh, Comic-Con last year. Because mm-hmm. they had the uh, the Marvel booth and they were they were showing the demos for it and stuff. And me and uh, Bassam, who also writes for the site, uh, we were, like, it was, like, the end of the day and it was, like, 5 o'clock and we didn't think there was, like, much left to do. We were just checking out things at the end. And, uh, and like, nobody was online anymore for this because I think they were closing out. And we said that, hey, we're a press outlet and stuff. We're print.com, et cetera. Uh, could we demo, like, the game? And they were like, no. And it's like, oh, what a shame because we could have written about it. And then they were like, hmm. And they let us in. They let us in without any lines, and we got we were like literally the last two people to try Marvel's Avengers, which was like dope as fuck. So. I can't believe that worked, and I'm actually mad about that. That I was all Basam. He was he was slick. I was just like, can we can we please get in? And like I don't know. I I I'm not the best at pitching, but when I run my mouth and I'm confident, then I, you know, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> but I, re- I really wanted to I really wanted to try it. Um, Dude, the the weight was insane. It was like three to five. I mean. To be honest, any video game demo, unless you're first online, it takes yeah. forever. Yeah. Um, that's where like the preview days or like the first day, like Thursday, is never really that busy. So if you can get there as soon as it opens. Yeah, that's um, how I got uh, the to try out um, the Resident Evil Project Resistance because literally I was the first person online. Yeah, like uh, Malik and I one year when John Wick VR was there, we went immediately. We got in line because like and the line was very long. I think we had to wait like an hour and a half. But, like, it was just the beginning of the show, and, like, we didn't care. And uh, we both got to do it, and it was a blast. That's awesome. Um, but, like, that line was, like, capped out by, like, 30 minutes into the show, like, most days. Um, yeah. It's weird, too, because, like, I used to think that Thursdays was the slow days, but then... It used to be, yeah. Yeah, lately, it's been so mixed. I'm kind of confused as to when I'm supposed to prioritize things now, like, when I go to conventions. <laughs> well, I don't know what's going to be post-COVID, but, like... Like last year, um, I I thought like Saturday Sunday would be like the 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 biggest days. I, I wasn't that impressed with last Saturday, but like I think Thursday Friday were like excellent, which is very confusing to my brain. <laughs> yeah, normally like I think Friday Saturday is a big day. Sunday usually is a big television day. Yeah, um, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, but it, honestly, the way this year is going, it, it's kind of nice to see everything just kind of like spread out over the calendar. Uh, yeah. Have you have you had a chance to like dive in and see uh, anything you're excited about? Oh right, right. Uh, for um, the NYCC MCM or something. I don't know what MCM means. I think that's like is it Britain's Man first? Crush Monday? Like they they have another convention that combined with New York Comic Con from Europe of some sort. Um, uh, yeah. So the I think the first big event, which is a really cool one is uh, X-Men, the art and making of the animated series. They're actually going to talk about the one from our childhood in the 90s. I'm dying to see that because I love that that whole everything about X-Men as a kid. So, yeah. That one, that actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it's like a, they're, they're discussing like what it was like to make it and then like show different art and stuff from it, which is pretty cool. So, um, and then I think Monday, or not Monday, Thursday as well. Uh, and this is the big event that I'll be, I don't know how I'm not covering it for us, but I'll be watching it just for fun. Um, the Sound of Sandman with Neil Gaiman and friends. Um, basically, they're going to be talking about the audible version of Sandman. Uh, Nicole and I reviewed it on the podcast just prior to this one. And I'm also, I have an article written about it that's coming out, I think, the 12th, which will be, the I think, next week. But, um, but yeah, like, they're actually going to be talking about Sandman the comic book, adapting it into the audiobook, and then, like, give details about it, including Neil Gaiman's original manuscripts, and, like, the translation of how it goes from page to audio 
<laughs> to audio whatever audio story um so that that's another big event um besides that uh resident alien they're gonna do some updates on that which we covered last year if you guys anyone was, listening wants to check it out was that not supposed to air at the beginning of this year it was supposed to air like over the summer and then i got pushed back it kept getting pushed back for sci-fi and now they're doing a panel for it but i don't know about what exactly because like as far as i know last time i checked it like it was like almost done with the shoot it was like halfway done I don't know if they resumed filming because it's shot in Canada. Um, it doesn't seem like it'd be a show that'd be too hard to finish off. So I'm not sure why it's frozen. And but maybe we'll find out here. Yeah, because so. like they had the pilot ready and ready to go when we were there last year. Because uh, I, I got the screener for because of the panel. Yeah. Um, and then and I think they even screened the the yeah. pilot at the panel. Yeah, and I got and to it, interview like everyone yeah. there, which was really cool. And like. Uh, Mike Sheridan, the guy who show runs and used to be, you know, working on Family Guy, um, he mentioned that they were pretty much like going to shoot and like ideally like halfway done. So like there wasn't, it, it shouldn't have taken that much time to finish, is what I'm trying to say, which is why I'm very confused as to why the show hasn't released yet. But that's yeah. kind of a that's a weird situation in COVID reality. A lot of series were like halfway finished with shooting and then kind of stopped because of you know the pandemic but a lot of things have resumed and depending if you have to work on an isolated uh studio where it's like really enclosed space which is really hard to shoot or if it's like outdoorsy which is very much resident alien the entire thing takes place in like a weird mountainy town in Colo not colorado in canada excuse me uh and um and yeah so it, it doesn't seem like a sh it'd be a show that would be delayed too much so i do expect it to come out soon if not the end of 2020 then early 2021 um, for me, I think like on the anime side of things, I think Demon Slayer has a panel, and so we'll find out more about the movie. Um, it's what they're teasing on uh, October 9th. Oh, cool. So I'm actually excited about that. <laughs> and then not much in terms of anime this year. Um, Which is strange because you'd think yeah. that they'd have a lot of it. Yeah. I was hoping they'd do something for Attack on Titan since the final season um, later this year, but I guess not. Maybe um, they'll announce a surprise thing because it looks like there's a little bit of gaps in the uh, in the schedule so far. So there might be. Yeah, uh, I think the boys panel should be exciting as I think it airs. The panel is the same day as the season finale. Yeah, I'm gonna cover that one for the site, and uh, yeah. for anyone who knows, I've been covering it extensively for us as well. So, uh, speaking of which, it seems like I, I mean I speculated in my last news breaking thing. It seems like the boys is turning into like Amazon's version of The Walking Dead. At least I think so. I and I think it's a, one of the better properties to do it with because I the one thing I don't like with The Walking Dead is you can like really play with the timeline yeah. uh, much and like uh, well no it's not really against it in any way. It's just like you have different areas that you can go and visit uh, with it. Uh, but, like, how things play out or naming conventions can be slightly different, which I think they called them Freakers in, like, the first spinoff or something. Yeah. Um, did that third show start yet? For it did. Ago? It started, I, th I believe it started a week. Last Sunday, if I remember oh, correctly. I, I, I do want to check it out at some point, but yeah. it did. It can't, Walking Dead World Beyond aired October 4th. It aired yesterday. Yeah. But like I think the boys is a fun like a super fun universe where you can do a lot more interesting things, especially since like it seems heroes go as far back as World War Two. Yeah, yeah, and they've uh, a semi spoiler, I guess not really, because um, I mean Captain America does it with Marvel, so um, they do establish that the timeline does go f that far back to, to in the boys. So like. So yeah, we can we can have a lot of material here. There's yeah. a long timeline. It's yeah. very much a deranged Justice League. <laughs> so. I, I mean, and, and they can get silly with it. I mean, you could do like, uh, did they say like it was like a college thing? Yeah. Thing, so they're doing the the uh, university. Yeah. <laughs> Superheroes yeah. in a university. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, like, which is like, make me my Sky High TV show. Like, did you ever watch Sky High? No, did, but I heard it's fantastic. Go rent it or something. Find a way to watch Sky High. It is. One of the best movies to never get a follow-up in any form. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll add it to the list of many things that I need to finish up on. Yeah. But, yeah, like, uh, the, you're right, though. The Boys does seem super interesting. And then immediately after that, they're actually debuting Kirkman's uh, new show, or at least details on it, um, I think. In Invincible? Invincible, yeah. yeah I'm going to so be doing coverage on that as well. Um, so I don't I've, really know anything I've about it. I've read 
I think up really close to issue 100 ish. Oh, wow. I don't think I got to 100. Uh, and I think I caught up and I just never got around to finishing it because I think it finished shortly after 100. Um, so like it's another... it's good if you read a hundred issues of it, I assume. Yeah, it starts off a bit slow and then it just takes off. It's it's really well done. Uh, I'm really curious how it fits in with the rest of the superhero genre in the long run, because um, we are in peak uh, superhero saturation. Like we're we're at vampire zombie levels of saturation. See, that's what I thought too. I I had this conversation. Uh, with people I can't dis- uh, what's the word disclose exactly but um, they thought that in uh, 2000 I think 2015 and like we're five years later and it's still going there's still ways to milk the superhero so I have no idea when it caps man <laughs> yeah I mean uh, I- I'm excited to see what they can do with the boys especially um, well, I'm also super excited because uh, the like I, I know the or I don't know him personally, but the uh, the artist who did the boys comics, who also did the art for Happy, um, he's uh, best friends with my writing mentor. So they actually used to date, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, like uh, seeing his work become as big as it is, and I think he's actually an executive producer now, technically on the boys, which is crazy. Um, like just seeing that happen is really cool. That's it's also it's also inspiring because I'm like, okay, if people that I know are doing it, I can do it too, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. You know, yeah. You know what I'm actually excited for? Um, Hulu's Modok, uh, the animated series. Yes. Oh, okay. Didn't realize I was animated until I just read that title. Uh, and then <laughs> Hellstrom as well. Hellstrom's dope. Um, I think Nicole's covering that. I actually was gonna ask if I could do Modok, but like, dude, I have so much on my plate right now. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't think I have time. But we can probably ask for like coverage for it and like screeners uh, and stuff. Of course. Uh, but All like, right. I, I think the cast of that is gonna make, make that show a ton of fun like well, yo, is Patton Patton oswald yeah he's gonna yeah. is he is he modok he is modok <laughs> um and then you have amy garcia ben schwartz melissa uh Fumero, uh jordan bloom so it's just like it's a solid solid um cast behind that animated series um i actually thought they were just gonna make Patton oswald modok and i was really excited to see what that would look like <laughs> but uh no i think animated series just makes more sense here <laughs> and let me stress that it's it's a comedy if people don't realize yeah. it because like i i pitched it to a friend and he's like i gotta be honest that sounds awful modok's a really annoying and boring character and i'm like oh wait wait, wait. it's a comedy uh and then all like the gear started clicking and i'm like oh yeah why do people not think this is a comedy no this is, this is outright a comedy i don't think there really is a way to do modok unless it's funny because he, he is just a giant floating intelligent head. Like, I don't know how else he could do that. You don't want a dark, dark uh, TV show about Patton Oswalt <laughs> head swelling up? Like, I don't... Thinking of a super genius? Yeah, no, it's like, that, that doesn't sound appealing at all. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, uh, Comic-Con should be, should be dope. Uh, the, that, that one definitely is exciting as well. Um, yeah. The McElroy family is uh, having a panel on their uh, new graphic novel based off the Adventure Zone podcast. Really? Uh, yeah, their fourth book. Uh, the first three books have all been uh, New York Times uh, bestsellers. So, oh, wow. Yeah, they, they're they making that money. Um, and it, those, pat- those guys are always a bunch of fun. I don't know if you've listened to their podcast, but um, I'd highly recommend it. No, what's the podcast? So they can get uh, free promotion on us? <laughs> <laughs> the Adventure Zone? Oh, Adventure Zone. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll check it out sometime. Oh, and then Lovecraft Country also has a special effects makeup uh, masterclass with Carrie Jones. Oh, they're uh, doing a masterclass again. That's dope. Yeah. And so, they're also doing a TV masterclass uh, for illustrating for a TV masterclass. All right. So, like, for. Well. Yeah. So, to double down on the, the why that's really dope, um, people who didn't know this, um, the, uh, I actually researched, like, the top hits, the biggest trending things for San Diego Comic-Con, and oddly enough, their master class on, uh, I think, how to edit uh, visual storyboard and stuff, uh, animation for, via Nickelodeon Studios, was, like, one of their most watched things. So, basically, their master classes that they're doing for these Comic-Con conventions are freaking top-notch stuff. And as somebody who's extensively used master class uh, myself, uh, I will say that, like, you should definitely check them out, because they're as good as, like, the master classes you'll, or at least some of the videos you'll see in master class itself. So, um, yeah, definitely check out the Lovecraft ones, yeah. And then I think probably what will be one of the funniest panels of the convention 
would be what we do in the shadows live panel discussion. I for oh shoot, that's live. That's live. <sighs> I forgot that, like, cause I I told um Rob to cover it or cause he's covering it. Yeah. 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 If you haven't checked out what we do in the shadows, I highly recommend it. If you need a good laugh, uh, you'll fly through the first two seasons in a day. <laughs> it is a really funny show. The movie was hilarious too. So. Quibi's yeah. got a panel. Who? Look at you, Quibi, winning an Emmy and then going on to have a New York Comic Con panel. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. Yes, the streaming, yes, yes. The streaming service for your phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's with Sam Raimi, of all people. Yes. Yes. Hopefully but, they're going to have little yeah. mini-verses in it because he's directing multiverse. <laughs> yes. Quick Bites of Fright, Sam Raimi and more on Quibi's darker side. Watch oh. a three-part panel on Quibi's horror and thriller series including never before seen footage that sounds really cool so quibi actually is doing uh, let me make sure i'm right here um i spelled it wrong beep boop beep yeah this make okay so quibi greenlit tomi um the horror manga series from junji ito yeah yeah uh, ito is huge yeah. And, yeah, yeah. And, and so it's just like I have six months of uh, Quibi thanks to T-Mobile. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> and I have I have a reminder on my phone to make sure to cancel that subscription because you know you have to enter in that credit card info. Yeah. Uh, so on my phone there's a reminder cancel Quibi this day. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm really hoping uh, Tommy falls into that window uh, of that six months. Otherwise I'm gonna have to subscribe and watch that. We can also ask for screeners and stuff, because that, that'd be easy for somebody to cover, because the shows are short. Yeah, but I feel like that deserves the money. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. If you believe in something, definitely. Yeah, and, and then, like, I was hoping Ito's uh, version of Uzumaki, uh, which I think Cartoon Network is doing, or Adult Swim, uh, they're an doing an animated version, was would be at Comic-Con this year, but... No luck. Oh, no. it's coming 2021 now. There Ooh. you go. Yeah. Well, everything's coming 2021. <laughs> uh, Although Primal just came out, uh, I think, yesterday. Yeah, no, yesterday. Yeah, the part, 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 second half of part one, which I oh, still the, have to watch. <laughs> the second half of part one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there, was, there's, there's so, again, there's I was wondering so about much. why it was back in the news. I was like, didn't that already all air? <laughs> no, no, that's, that's, uh, Gendy Taratowski, the guy who made Samurai Jack, and the Star Wars animated Clone Wars, which is, like, my favorite iteration of Star Wars. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's a, I'm like, you can't tell, I'm like, sighing, because there's, there's just so many things to cover. Even now, when there's a pandemic, there's still so many shows, <laughs> which is insane. <laughs> Oh. I think on the gaming front, um, Fall Guys on October 8th is uh, doing a 30-minute panel uh, talking about like becoming number one on Twitch. And I believe on October 8th as well, the new season drops. Oh, sweet. So um, it'll, be like, it'll likely be a little fun uh, panel if you're into Fall Guys. Uh, what else is there from the gaming side of things? Uh, Jackbox, if you're a big fan of Jackbox party games. Um, they're doing a pa a panel about Fibbage 3, which is part of their new Jackbox Party Pack 7, which mm -hmm. launches on the 15th. They also uh, have an extended length for their panel, if I remember correctly. So, like, it's going to – it looks like they're going to do a lot, it seems. Yeah, yeah it just says 7 o'clock. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> no There's no time underneath it like the rest of the panels. That's weird. Uh, okay. Um, Xbox? Outside Xbox? Uh, what is this? Uh, it's a, a YouTube channel. Okay. If anyone's uh, into cosplaying, they're doing several cosplay panels. I think this is like their second attempt. Uh, it, it's also one of their extended events. Uh, I was looking into what's going to be huge, and that apparently is one of them. So I put it in the article that's coming out. But yeah. Oh, Jackbox is actually doing another panel uh, uh, for an hour on the 10th, which is Party Pack 7, and you basically jump in as the audience. That's and, what I was thinking. Uh, play along. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, so like the transition to the digital side seems really cool. Yeah, um, I think there's a little bit of everything for everybody. Like even in the literary space, there's a lot of uh, authors yeah. coming. I think V. E. Schwab is gonna do a panel if I remember correctly, and then I don't um, know who that is. Uh, she's an author. She's gotten pretty famous in the past eight years. Uh, oh snap! 
okay, don't judge me, hard hair. Yeah. But there's a Ready Player Two panel with oh, yeah. uh, er er Ernest Klein and Will Wheaton. Yep. Um, I, you know what? Say what you will about Ernest Klein's writing. Uh, uh, you're 100% right. But man, that first book was popcorn garbage, and I enjoyed every bite of it. What do you mean popcorn garbage? I love that book. I love that book. I've read that book in one sitting. I sat there and I was just, I was like, let me read this. That book and inspired me to write the book that I'm trying to write. So like, yeah, no, I, lo I love that book too. <laughs> and I love that Will Wheaton, who does the great audio book narration he, of it, he, is is uh, moderating or yeah, asking questions. I've already read that book and I went back and I bought Armada. Um, and yeah. then Armada wasn't as great in my opinion. It that wasn't. really felt like the last Starfighter um, redux. Yeah. Um, but like Will Wheaton did a great job. Uh, and so then I actually went back and just bought the Ready Player One version uh, <laughs> audio audio book because I was like, you know what, uh, I'll listen to this again. Yeah. So um, Ready Player Two comes out, I think, the second half November twenty fourth. Of... Yes, there you go, second half of November. Yeah, I can pre order it now. Yeah, and it's uh, unlike other things, books are very much still <laughs> working because you don't need books to. Books are use them. expensive. <laughs> yes, they are, but they also, you know, they're not they're not uh, what's the word? They don't require much to make. Compared yeah. to you know a TV show, but yeah. um, uh, I'm I'm gonna be covering that one as well. Yeah, I'm Lucas, covering a lot. Yes, <laughs> Lucas Films publishing stories from a galaxy far, far away. That should be really cool if you love uh, Star Wars. Yeah, I think there's a lot of cool authors, uh, especially like some of them I follow on Twitter that are telling cool short stories in part of the Star Wars new canon, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. I always think it's fun. Extending that, I'm actually surprised there's no Mandalorian panel, but they don't need advertising. They're the Mandalorian. They yeah. It seems like Disney's kind of pulled back on like everything. I don't know if they're gonna I, try doing D23. That's why I'm, I'm just I'm wondering what's going on with Disney. I you, you know what? The, the big the biggest saddest part of no Comic Con no swag, no swag. Swag was the best part of New York Comic Con. Yeah. I'll you give go you that. in there, you go panel, and they'll be like. I have a free guy mug. That movie comes out in December. It's a movie actually coming out this year. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ryan Reynolds. My AMC A-list subscription that I decided to re-enable for some reason <laughs> can actually be used in the month of December. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen with movies. Hey, you know what's exciting? Hmm? Next time we actually have an in-person Comic-Con, movie theaters might not be a thing. <laughs> I mean, everything will be on Netflix and Hulu. I, 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 I'll debate you on that. I think there'll still be a thing, but I think the big chains aren't going to be as big of a chain as it used to be. You know I, what I, mean? I, w I would cry if movie theaters like, like COVID ends, and movie theaters are just like gone. Uh, I, I don't think it will happen, but yeah. like in the realm that it does, I think I was, I would actually break down and cry. <laughs> I think they'll be okay. Just the the big chains like AMC and and Regal or I forget the cinema cinema whatever. Um, they Cinemark. they'll just Cinemark. Yeah, they'll they'll yeah. reduce the amount of, of theaters. Which well, is think, to be honest, that's kind of fine. There's so many theaters now anyway. There are. Yeah. But, um, I think Regal and uh, Cinemark are closing theirs temporarily until post COVID. Yeah, that happened this morning actually. Yeah, I mean it, it makes sense. There, like, like I said, like me and my wife. We went and saw Tenet. We re-enabled our A-list. Like, it was a great movie theater experience. And I don't think, like, like, and I get the judgment of, like, why would you go watch, a, why would you go to the movies? And to AMC's credit, um, they were doing a fantastic job checking masks. If you didn't have a proper mask, uh, like, uh, you weren't allowed into the theater. Mm -hmm. um, they would sell you a mask if needed or give you a mask if, you know, you were aware of the policy like they were like no bandanas or anything like it had to be a proper fitting mask That's good. Uh, they had hand sanitizer uh available like everywhere limited uh, menus so it was just quickly grab and go uh and they had uh wipes like sanitizing wipes at the entrance of every movie theater so you could grab your wipe go to your seat and just like wipe it down um uh, which is and the theater was super well clean um we went to like a adobe adobe theater um so with amc dopey theater uh so like it's a big reclining seats like yeah. each seat is pretty wide and you got the so, sound like, experience yeah yeah a great sound experience but like the thing is like it's also stadium seating and like you don't you can't even see the people in the row above you because like how tall the wall is behind you and you, like if you're sitting in your chair and like there's a big gap between you the row below you um so it's like i didn't feel like there's people breathing around me there's nobody in the seats next to me 
uh, either, or me and my wife. And so I was, I was just like, you know what, this was like a good COVID experience. Like AMC, like actually followed through on their promise. And like, I was like, I would watch another movie again. But the problem is there's nothing to watch. Like the number yeah. one movie last weekend was Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Which makes sense. I think before, like early in the pandemic, it was uh, Empire Strikes Back. So. Yeah, and like, and some people actually figured out a ways to to use it to their advantage. I remember watching this news <laughs> quick news story where somebody shot a movie set during pandemic and released it in a theater out of his own pocket, and was able to say that he was the number or his film was like the number one like watched movie at this particular period in time. Um, That's pretty funny. And like, it actually because they like the investment was very low, but because they got that title, it was free PR or free publicity, and then it actually made the movie profitable. Which yeah. is bizarre, but it works. You got to figure out ways to work the system, like everything else, like how yeah, our yeah. president uses tax dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because like uh, the AMC's credit, they're like trying with the lack of new movies in theaters. Like right now, I open the app. There's like Empire Strikes Back 40th Anniversary, Friday the 13th, 40th, a Hocus Pocus, uh, and like Empire, Hocus Pocus, How to Train Your Dragon. The Nun and Annabelle Creation, all five dollars, like with the fan faves of Benchmark, and they're probably making decent money off that since these are like old running um, movies. Yeah. But you know, I bet they're struggling at the end of the day as well. Um, well, to bring it back full circle, because of how miserable the like the ability to wide release movies and and inaccessibility, et cetera, et cetera, um, there haven't been any sort of movie promotions really that much in most of the conventions, unfortunately. I don't think there is any for New York Comic Con, I should say. No, I, and I don't blame them either. Like, there's no date. Like, all you're doing is just generating hype for something that you'll have to generate hype for later. Like San Diego promoted Bill and Ted, and uh, what's the 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 um the mutants ones? New mutants? Yeah. New mutants. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm shocked New Mutants isn't on Disney Plus already. Like, well, from what I heard, New Mutants was just awful. <laughs> like, nobody was happy about that one. Yeah. Uh, which is weird because the convention it was like the most watched thing, <laughs> which is very bizarre. Um, I heard Bill and Ted was excellent though. Yeah, yeah. I, I I haven't seen the second Bill and Ted, so I wasn't gonna jump in and see the third one. Ah, okay. Yeah, but I'll check it out one of these days. Ah. <sighs> Yeah. Comic-Con. Comic-Con. We'll, we miss ye. I'll, I'll miss the cosplay. That's for sure. I'll miss just the... every Like, everything, really. I just I just love the environment, yeah. love the food, love the people, love it, the geeky things know, you it, can find. It, it, it was the one week in the year, uh, and along with Cal- uh, San Diego when I went, where I'd come back uh, and just be like, I miss just being in this different world. Why am I working at this desk in this office <laughs> um <laughs> what am i doing with my life there's a much more exciting life out there for me um and then i get my paycheck and i'm like yes that's why <laughs> that's why i'm sitting at this <laughs> desk uh, um no but it's it, it's it'll truly be missed uh in person this year and i'm hoping those that do tune in to um the panels enjoy them i hope like the cast and crews deliver um, and from what I've seen from like the DC stuff um, when they did their fandom, um, you know, the energy is there. The cast and crews are excited to talk about um, what they well, want to talk about. Yeah, and fandom for what it was, it was probably like I think they did like the best job out of all of the convention, the online conventions that came out. Yeah. Um, they they really built the hype, like you said, and then because they limited the time frame of when you can access everything. It really kind of brought everything on board. Plus, like, the, 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 the news that dropped during them was actually, like, news news. It's like, oh, here's the new trailer for Batman. Oh, here's some new games that, like, you didn't even know were happening. Like, Suicide those Squad. Those games were exciting. Oh, I yeah. into those, and I was, like, pretty pumped. Yeah, so, like, for those reasons alone, uh, I, I hope the, uh, New York does something similar, but we'll, we'll see. Like, I'll ju- I'm just happy that we have a convention, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, it's cool that they're making it work. Uh, mm-hmm. And then for people that do the paid experience, I hope those are well worthwhile. Yeah, definitely. Like try try to get a recording of your favorite celebrity saying something yeah. funny. <laughs> get a get a ringtone, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I keep my phone on vibrate. Ringtones are, I I, would, I just embarrass every time I hear a ringtone uh, on any one of my phones. It's just like whose phone is that? Oh no, it's mine. <laughs> uh, um. Yeah, I guess that's. I think we covered everything for Comic Con Metaverse. Was there anything yeah. else? Final thoughts, etc. Um, 
Final thoughts. I'm. I would love for shows to stop being canceled because of COVID. <laughs> Rest in peace, Glow. Um, I think there's a few others. Oh, um, damn you, ABC for canceling Stumptown because of COVID. Stumptown deserved better. Oh. How could you do that to Kobe Smulders? On the positive side, uh, a lot of animation is getting greenlit. Um, there's like a bajillion Resident Evil related things now, which is weird. The TV show, I should emphasize. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. What the, the hell's up with that? Like, uh, COVID definitely is the big motivation for greenlighting those. Um, one is going to be an anime series starring Leon and Claire, which that I'm excited for. That's going to be early 2021. And then um, the actual TV, sh- the TV show itself, I'm a little skeptical of, but I'll watch it. Um, which is like the Wesker daughters. We got Mila Jovovich fighting the Black Diablos and Monster Hunter, apparently, for Sony on the silver screen. And now Resident <laughs> Evil's on... I, I don't know what's happening to the gaming universe, but Hollywood needs to stop. I don't understand why there's the U.S. Army fighting monsters. I, d- I don't know. But I, I will say, though, that The Last of Us, uh, the TV show, is going to be ridiculously amazing. There, I, there is nothing but amazing people working on that show. I have high hopes for it. I have very, I think everybody has high hopes for it because you literally don't need to do anything besides put in the effort into special effects and getting good actors uh, and costuming. Yes. And that's all you need to do because the story is written for you. And so don't do anything stupid. Well, to, would. <laughs> yes, and to, to give it even more of a bump, uh, the uh, the showrunner uh, who, or I'm sorry, the co-creator of Last of Us 2, she is actually a writer on uh, HBO's Westworld, which is a big reason that uh, HBO got the series. And uh, Craig Mazin, who does the uh, the um, screenwriting podcast, uh, what, what can I remember the name of it? Wait one second, the song's going to kill me if I don't say the name. Uh, script Notes. Script Notes. Uh, he is going to be um, show running the show. He is also a huge gamer. I think um, he oh he created uh, Chernobyl on HBO, which was a huge. With like a, I don't know if you've ever seen Chernobyl, but that was a ridiculously amazing hit last Actually, year. Maybe that's something me and my wife should watch. Yeah, do it, and uh, then like be reassured that that guy is making Last of Us. That was like a perfect casting because Chernobyl is very much end of the world feely, and like Last of Us is exactly is exactly that. So, yeah. um, yeah, there's a, there's just a lot. There's a lot about what they've done so far that just says this is going to be a major major hit so i'm excited <laughs> yeah um yeah all right i think that that's, that does about it right yeah that's about it all right thanks for tuning in everyone for wow this ended up being like an hour and uh yeah we'll uh see you in the future and stuff i don't <laughs> I, there should have been a better outro. yes <laughs> you guys later yeah <laughs> take care